0: This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Today's podcast, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Lee Milne, a very well-known travel journalist, who I was lucky enough to share a trip with on our media for mill in 2017 which is now a long time ago and uh right across the outback way and lee was great company and lee last year wrote a blog regarding uluru and how the climbing is no longer uh, available for people to do out in the uluru and so we wanted to make sure we cover off for all you travelers out there all the options that are available, all the activities and tours and adventures you can still have out of Uluru and uh, really enjoy and probably even enjoy it even more uh, because there is not that one focus. Now you can actually see a whole host of different faces of, of the beautiful landscape in Central Australia. Welcome, Lee. Thank you very much for joining
1: us. Thank you Helen it's great to be with you talking to you again after all that time
0: I know I know it's, uh, it's and it hasn't it hasn't it flown
1: Good. I actually didn't realize it was so long ago until you just did that then
0: yes amazing so yeah and i guess you know the the tourism scene has changed a lot and uh, and has progressed a lot and developed a lot particularly i think in central australia and as you've uh, put in words the opportunities and activities that we now can do at Uluru, well, we have been able to, but now they are coming into focus, which I think is a, a great opportunity for tourism in Central Australia. So just to go through some of the, I guess, your experience in Central Australia generally, and then we can go into more detail about what is on offer now down at Uluru and Katajuta.
1: Well, yes, Helen, look, I've, I've been to Uluru about five times and I'll just say that I've never climbed it. I've never, I've never wanted to. And so I think I'm probably a great example of somebody who, you know, can go there and, and not have that one focus because I've, I've always had that feeling that, you know, there's so many other ways that you can experience Uluru, you know, and the landscape around it. There's, there's, you know, so many things other than just getting to the top of it. And I think you're right. I think that people, now that you can't actually do it by law, will need to find other things to do. And And it's just so easy because I would say over the last, you know, well, five to 10 years anyway, there's been a real focus on developing those other tourism products around the rock so that people not so much so that people wouldn't climb although that was part of it but also so that people would stay for longer you know i don't i don't think it's a place that you can just kind of go to and have oh god oh there it is you know i've seen it now snap a picture and then move on you really need to go for two or three days and it's really easy to fill in those two or three days. That's
0: right, yes. And I think that being aware of what else there is because that used to, yeah, the climb was always the focus and all the sunset, the climate, the next morning and then do the sunrise, sunset, sunrise, climate and cheerio chips. you know, whereas, and I think what's been very smart is tourism operators have been very strategic in the development of a variety of, Of different uh, activities and they've set them up and started them four or five years ago probably since you know 2014 or onwards as the it was becoming obvious that the the climb was was going to be uh, stopped and you know and closed which is uh, to you know understandably and so I think that's been wonderful for the area because also all those activities now allow people to see it in such a different way, which is which which actually deepens the experience like a hundredfold compared to just wanting to, as you say in your blog, just tick it off the bucket list. You know, let's actually stop stop doing that for one moment and really experience and immerse ourselves where we are and take it in and, and enjoy the just enjoy the atmosphere and the ambience that both Katajuda and Uluru
1: provide? Yes, look, I think that, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people, you know, first people who are first-timers get really emotional when they see Uluru. It is a place that has that real kind of presence and, and I think it's really hard to explain that to anybody who hasn't been there. I think you see the photographs but you don't really get the scale of it so much in photos and it does seem to have this this real kind of energy and and presence about it that many people find quite you know quite moving and, and quite overwhelming. So I think for anybody who hasn't been there, it's important to kind of know that you, you do need to spend a bit of time and and you don't need to actually worry about, you know, being bored if you if you go for a few days. And also, as you say, there's there's places you know nearby that you can combine into a, into a stop there, like Katajuda, which provides you know more walks and and you know a whole different experience completely.
0: Yeah, that's right, exactly. And so, what experiences have you had out at Uluru that uh, you put on the on the list for people to look into?
1: Well, look, I think for me, probably the first time I went, as I I said, I haven't ever climbed it. So the first time I went, I think the best thing that I did was to walk around it. Yes, I've done that, yes. Yeah, so it's about 10 and a half kilometres and, you know, you do it early in the morning before it gets too hot and it only takes a couple of hours, although, you know, you've got to allow a bit of time for stopping and and taking it in and taking photos and, and all that kind of thing. But the track around the rock, I think it's pretty easy it 's flat, so most, most people can manage it and it's just a great way of of seeing it. One of the times that I did that walk I, I did it with a, an indigenous guide, and that was a really great way of doing it because you actually kind of got a bit of an understanding of what you're looking at, what all those kind of craters and water holes and the you know, rock painting. What it all means. That's right. I remember the story of the big dingo paw prints
0: in the side and and then there's the rainbow serpent up the other side and you know, just all the Dreamtime stories that are linked to the uh, to Uluru. is they, They're just fantastic. It's really, it's just very, it makes it so interesting. And what I also noticed was that the, the actual surface of the rock is not smooth. You know, it actually it has multiple layers and uh, it's sort of very quite shaley, in fact. And that, I think, also that was a bit of a surprise to me because I was expecting a smooth red rock, but it's actually not. So,
1: And I think that's the other thing about photos, you know. The, the photos do smooth out all those interesting bits and when you get there, it is quite different. And I, I think people love to, to just, you know, while they're walking, just go close and, and touch it, you know, and so... There's other shorter walks as well. I mean, you don't have to do the whole circumference, but I think and some of the, the shorter trails you can do and they can link up with the base walk. Yes, and I think also now you can do it on a Segway as well. Ah, uh, yes, you can. And I haven't I haven't done that, but you can also do it on a bicycle. So, and that, that was really fun. And again, you know, it's so easy because it's flat and, you know, it's quite smooth you can hire bikes and, and helmets and you can go out for, you know, a morning or an afternoon and just cycle around. It's, a bit, it's probably a bit quicker than walking. They rent kids' bikes and, you know, baby seats attached to the bike and, and all that kind of thing. So you just get a bike at the cultural centre and off you go.
0: Yeah. And what's uh, what was riding a camel around it? Did you go around it or did you just in the park?
1: No, we didn't go round it when I did the camel ride. It was just about a one hour ride, but it was um you can do it at sunrise or sunset, which is, you know, again, a really lovely time of doing it. Bit of a bumpy old swaying <laughs> experience on the back of a camel, but it's a lot of fun and um, you know, just something a little bit different, I guess, and they have The camel ride, people give you a glass of champagne or a cup of tea or, you know, whatever you like at the end. So it is quite a lot of fun and a bit of a different thing. And uh, the Harvey Davidson tours, yeah. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So that's also quite um, different. So that's –
1: is that more um, sort of you go around the whole park or – Look, yeah, I think you have – there's quite a few options there. The Uluru motorcycle tours, which, again, you can book through the resort – They, again, do sunrise and sunset rides. They'll take you around the rock, but they've also got other longer tours that will take you out to Catojuta and, you know, kind of around the area, and they give you time for walks as well. So, you know, if you like motorbikes or if you just want something, again, a bit different, you hop on the back with those experienced riders and off you go. Again, you know, lots of fun.
0: Yeah, Terrific. And then there's also then the air the uh, flying over it. So there's scenic flights and you get to see Mount Connor and uh King's Canyon as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean I'm a big fan of helicopter flights. So I think, you know, for people who perhaps go, Oh well I can't climb but they want to see the top and you know, have a have a flight that where you can actually see it from the air. Um although I have to say that most people see it Uh, You know, get a window seat when you're flying in there because, you know, you do get to see it. You get to see Mount Connor as well when you fly in during the daylight daylight hours anyway. But, yeah, look, I think scenic flights are fantastic. I mean, they're not cheap, but, again, it's a different experience that you can have. And I'm not sure, but I think there might also be balloon rides. Yes, there are.
0: There are now balloon rides, yes. There's hot air ballooning as well. Uh, and that's also would be a really lovely, very peaceful way of um, of seeing majestic
1: landscapes. So that's also an option for people. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't done that at Uluru, but I, ha- I have done it some years ago. I did do a hot air balloon outside Alice and it was lovely. And you're yeah, right, it's really peaceful and, you know, it's early morning, cool, lovely. Yeah. Yeah, really good.
0: And then the evenings though also with the Bruce Munro uh, installation down at Uluru at the moment uh, is still going. I think it was only supposed to be there for a year and that was back in 2016. It's been there since – it's now there until the end of this year, I think. Yeah, I actually thought it was maybe indefinitely
1: at this point.
0: So Yes, well, which is wonderful because it is a great
1: add-on to the evening options. Absolutely, and that's and that's just kind of a magical experience wandering in in around those lights on the desert floor and you can also combine that with um things like the sounds of silence dinner that's right and actually i i know that a um we've
0: had it recommended that they definitely do the tour which is the, the sort of the sunset drinks and because you get the beautiful the sunset but then you actually then turn around and then the whole field becomes a light and i think that's that, that trend you get to actually witness the transition from day to night, and that's really spectacular. So, that's that's a really good thing. And then, yes, as you said, the Sounds of Silence dinner is, uh, is also a, a really lovely, you know, experience for and well to actually be out under the stars for dinner, but also to experience all the local flavours and the, the unique Central Australian flavours that they do such a good job at putting on the plate. So,
1: absolutely, and I also think it's that they also do star watching during, as part of the dinner. And I think that, you know, the stargazing thing is really wonderful out there, you know, where there's no ambient light and the stars are just, that. you know, the sight of that Milky Way is just amazing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the twinkling diamonds, they're quite, it's so clear. Absolutely, yeah. That's terrific.
0: And so your, uh, what, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention or? You know, things that, uh, I think it, all the booking is very easy. It's all through where you're staying. I think it's all very easy to do, isn't it? You can book any of these things.
1: Yeah, look, and, and I think the other thing is too is that its Rock Resort runs a lot of other activities as well. You know, there's art galleries there and they often have experiences where you can go and, you know, learn to um, make, you know, your own Indigenous style art or you know, see it being done, watch the artists working and things like that. And so, you know, and of course there's all the usual resort things. So you've got the pools and all the restaurants and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's certainly plenty to do and there's five different levels of accommodation there. So, you know, from from camping right through to, you know, five-star luxury. And glamping. And glamping. Absolutely, yeah, glamping at Longitude One Three One.
0: And I, and I think I remember Sales has the chocolate fountain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I think it does. Yes, there's just so many things to do, and and I think that you know people don't always realise that they think it's kind of you know a one hit wonder, and. Really, you just need to get out there and, and do a bit of research. I would say people should, you know, do a bit of research before you go and just see what the options are and what appeals, you know, to you in particular. And, yeah, it's all booked through Airs Resort, so it's really easy.
0: Yeah, that's right. And you can put your own package together as well as obviously the tour companies from Alice Springs offer great packages. And if you aren't going to be flying into uh, Ayers Rock to start with uh, and you are driving down from Alice, remember it is three and a half, four hours from Alice Springs for those listening and uh so that you can actually uh, allow for time if you want to get down there in time for sunset and things. And uh but also the tours that are run, running very regularly and even in, in and around Uluru and, and Katajuda there's there's tours happening down there as well. So there's lots of lots of options of actually being able to access all that we've talked about. And I know that um and then as you said Lee, the Rock Resort booking is um is a one stop shop, so that's pretty be handy to get onto as well and have a look. But, yeah, there's more than enough for for all different tastes and ages and it's a great uh, experience in itself.
1: Yes, I'm a real believer that every Australian should go there at least once in their life, you know, because it really is such an amazing place. And I think once you've been once then you'll want to go again, you know. I would sort of go at any opportunity really because um, it is just, it's different every time, you know. And I think that's the other thing too. Even when you're just looking at Uluru, depending on what the light is like, what time of day it is, what the weather's like, you know, it changes, it's different colours, um, it's got different shadows. I haven't ever been lucky enough to be there when it's raining. But I think that's one of the things, you know, that you see these photos of it in the rain and it's almost purple and it's got all these waterfalls cascading off it. And I've heard that when it rains, you know, most places when it rains, everybody runs inside and when it rains there, everybody runs outside. They want to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it is. And I guess if you stay three or four days, you never know your luck. You will see it in all its different glory.
1: Yeah, you don't have to get up early every day, you know. Exactly. Well,
0: thank you so much. That's been lovely. And I think it, it, I think it's so important that we just let people know that there's so much to do in the centre and, and around Uluru that um, it's very much worth that three or four-day trip. And you can fly direct into Uluru and out, and so you can actually just make it a mini-break from your hectic lives. Or you can stop when you're driving the outback way. Absolutely, that's right, which we do, of course, we'd recommend, but not everyone's got a month up their sleeve. No, that's true, but,
1: you know, however and wherever you go, whenever you go, I think it's, uh, it's definitely worthwhile.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Lee, for joining us for this episode.
1: Thank you, Helen. It's a pleasure.
0: Really great, and we will. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again in some time. Thank you for tuning in to the Outback Way podcast. The show notes will be on our website at outbackway.org.au. If you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a review. And if you're really enjoying our podcast, you may like to become a contributor through our Outback Way store. For $5, you can help with the production of our podcast. Please stay in touch. We'd really love to hear your stories. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Outback Way 1. If you are travelling the Outback Way this year, in 2020, there will be a private Facebook group for travellers so that we can talk specifically about what's on and where to go and how to make the most of your journey. And finally, thanks to Perk Digital for producing our podcast, making your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut easier. Please travel safely. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.